In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. Fun, 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 fun. Light speed to the wondrous and wonderful. Cover is not the book, so open it up and take a look. Ah, if it isn't the only bookworm in town. What's that word again? Inspired. I have to sing. I have to play. The music, it's, it's not just in me. It is me. We're happier when you don't sing. Welcome to Notably Disney your ultimate podcast covering Disney music and books. I'm Brett Nackman, your host. Here we dig a little deeper and explore the great wide somewhere about everything under the Walt Disney Company umbrella as it pertains to tunes and writing, from the theme parks and television screens to the Broadway stage and the silver screen, if it relates to anything Disney songs, soundtracks, books, articles, or other things that you can listen to, or read about involving Disney, we'll examine it here. Tammy Tucky, established podcaster who hosts the Tammy Tucky Show and a wonderful artist and singer, has just released her newest album that celebrates the songs from our beloved Disney theme parks. Uh, it's called Glowing in Timeless Places, and it features a, an array of classic tunes, uh, even an original piece. Uh, today on Notably Disney, Tammy, uh, who's been a welcome guest on past episodes of the podcast, including those uh, tunes and quotes trivia. Uh, we had a discussion of funniest Disney attraction quotes, returns to discuss her album, and much more. Uh, welcome back to Notably Disney, Tammy. Thank you so much for having me back, Brett. I, I like the last time I was here, I think I was doing like a Disney song challenge, and it was a lot of fun, but I lost. So I'm still a little bit, you know, sad, but I'm glad I'm back here. <laughs> See, my lingering memory of our last conversation was us impersonating Statler and Waldorf from Muppet Vision 3D and some of those quotes. So I, <laughs> I lean more into the hilarity of our past dialogue. So. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that too. It's like, it's been so long since I talked to you and everything like now everything just gets mushed together for me and I'm like when did this happen and where and and what did we say so like faint memories but that was really funny that you're reminding me <laughs> well and I'm just thinking too one of because you're so great in impersonating uh or replicating the the voices of so many uh classic characters from the theme parks and one of your favorite quotes was from uh funniest quotes was from Ellen's energy adventure with mammals or remember that <laughs> mammals are getting hairier <laughs> and my voice like my voice is kind of shot because i'm in a show right now for for my community theater production of spam a lot so now that my voice is down like five octaves it just sounds i guess even more jessica rabbit Kathleen i'm just gonna Turner. say yes <laughs> i'm not bad i'm just drawn that way <laughs> 
it's too bad we're not focusing on uh, <laughs> quotes that you forgot were from Disney movies, but are technically <laughs> part of the catalog if you uh, have an asterisk next to it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But it's great to be back. Thank you for having me. I really yeah. appreciate it. No, my pleasure. Um, and I'm excited for you because I remember when we last talked, and I think it was last June uh, of last year, um, it was leading up to uh, just the campaign for making this new album a reality. And now we're on the other side of it. Can you talk for the unacquainted listeners? Can you talk about the development of your second album? Sure. Yes. It, it, it's so weird how things went by so quickly, but we kind of began the creation of the album in May and uh, we had all of our Indiegogo supporters. Um, they started, you know, funding the project. And that was when we talked to get some more interest, which I really appreciate you having me on the show to, to promote that. And uh, by July, we, we had the project fully funded and just started with the ball rolling of, uh, you know, zoom calls with um, my friend, James Clark and Josh Freelich. And we were just talking about, because they're, they were making the instrumentals and we're talking about the sounds and, and, and of what the type of sound we're going for, for the songs we wanted to do for the album, because we kind of had to minimize the list we had, we had to get Disney's approval uh, of the list of the songs because all of the songs must have been officially released to cover them. So that was a little bit difficult because there were some songs we wanted to do that that just didn't make that quota. Um, but that's okay because things happen. And, and the way everything turned out, we had a list of 10 songs that we selected and one that I was going to originally, it was going to be an original song that I write um, for based on a D Disney attraction that never got an official song. So we got the ball rolling. We talked about each song, what we wanted it to sound like, how we wanted it to be its own new entity, but still be recognizable. Because I think that that's kind of key and important, you know, when you're covering songs. Um, I think some people just like to cover songs because they like to cover songs and they don't do anything you know, with that, you know, they don't do anything unique with it. You know, uh, not to say that I have not said, you know, posted covers that are just trying to be exact duplicates of the original version, but those are for fun. You know what I mean? But this was a, a project that, you know, we had funded and I really wanted to make it, you know, special and unique. So that was over the course of like about two, three months just to kind of get that together. And then the instrumentals start coming in and you listen to them and you say, oh, I love this. And I I, I think we can tone this down and and you start crafting and, and everything was done, you know, online because, you know, Josh is in New York and James is in London and, and um, you know, my producers in Florida and Disney's in California. So we kind of all had to, you know, email each other. And it was just a lot of emails <laughs> to get everything and, and Zoom calls to kind of get everything down to a T. And when everything was all said and done and in the instrumental wise, now it was up to me to go into the recording studio and record these. And that's like the most stressful part of it, <laughs> at least for me, because, you know, you, you, you rehearse, you rehearse, you rehearse. And now you go into the studio, you have a set amount of time because you have a set budget, right? And you want to do the best you can. Um, so, but that's actually my favorite part is going in the studio and and finding the character for each song so that's kind of where it ended up in november 
And you, you mentioned a little bit about getting approval from Disney and, and using certain songs, but can you talk about just how you determined the track list? Because anybody looking at this will recognize this is a reflection of the, the past of Disney and some from the present too, yep. and across multiple parks. It, it's quite a, a varied assortment to say the least. So what, what was that like for you? Well, you know, I the, the first album you'll find me on Main Street was seven songs from Walt Disney World that meant something to me that I remember hearing as a kid. So this time around, of course, I want to, you know, include some of those songs, but I really wanted feedback from those who loved the first album and wanted to hear something different. So I think I tweeted out um, a couple times of, you know, suggestions of songs and we put together a list of like 30 songs. And it was just going through what I thought I could vocally, you know, I could vocally do. Um, and then making sure that there was a true purpose behind the crafting of the song and that we could make it something unique. Um, we wanted some of the songs to be known. Um, you know, not everything is 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 very well known um, in, well, not that I shouldn't say that. It's not probably in the pantheon of, being played on Spotify all the time, all of the Epcot songs. It's very niche, right? So we were trying to kind of set a balance and also, you know, cover things that were a little bit more jazz, a little bit more Western sounding or pop in general. So it was kind of, it's like a puzzle piece. Basically, you don't know for sure how it's going to turn out, but you got to figure out what people want to hear, what you want to include, what you can you know, vocally sing. Not to say I can't vocally sing everything. It's just, it, it, it can be very challenging. And I think I, I I specifically chose one of the songs, which is the Avatar ICU. Um, that was, I knew that was going to be vocally challenging and I, I, I'm up for a challenge, but it was tough. <laughs> so I'm kind of glad I didn't do anything that was really really difficult uh, up to par with ICU multiple times <laughs> during the album because I don't think I would have survived so it, it, it's a little bit of a mixture of all of those things to to select what you really want in the end and and make that decision yeah well and you and you mentioned too um with getting approval from Disney what does that look like um because I imagine most folks are not familiar with the notion of you know getting approval for for this type of context <laughs> Yeah, it's just little old me emailing Disney and going, hi, I'm thinking of doing a second album. We worked together, you know, five years ago. Um, this is the set list I'm thinking of. What do you think? Um, can I do it? And and they emailed and said, sounds good. Um, let's we'll take a look at the list and we'll get back to you to just confirm that you can do this, this, this and this. And along the way, it's just several emails from me saying, OK, hey. Um, this song is written um, and has the pronouns of a, of a male singing it. Can I change it to a female? Um, can I take out a derogatory word in this song? Because I don't think it's appropriate for me to sing it on an album because it's not in a context of the film. Um, you know what I mean? And uh, is there a way that I can add lyrics from the actual attraction, but they weren't in the released, released version of this, of the song. So it's just, it's, again, it's a lot of moving pieces of asking questions and just 
Unfortunately, sometimes it's a long time waiting because I'm not the only person asking to cover songs, I'm sure. Um, so, but I guess I was the most obscure one for <laughs> what I was asking to cover. So it was a little bit more challenging, I feel, for them because they're trying to look and make sure that I can cover these songs. So uh, I will give I will give kudos to the team from Disney um, for being really great, you know, very patient with me and very helpful in, in, in getting the album together. It's so interesting because I was just thinking about this the other day and I was like, I forgot to send them a copy of the album and to thank them again. I thanked them many times, but uh, they were very, very sweet and, and about the whole entire thing. And, and you can't do it without them. So again, another collaborative experience. <laughs> Well, and in terms of, you know, some of the, the more unique entries, so, you know, um, like We'll Meet Again, that's a Vera Lynn song. So it, yes. does that require some different, like, strategies? Because is, is Disney technically the, the holder of that? Or how does that work? No, that one, I think that, and I think that was the, that one was the only one that wasn't completely owned by Disney. Um, wasn't owned at all by Disney, excuse me. I see you because of Disney's, um, uh, because now they own part of Fox, I believe. It, 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 again, it's more technicalities and I, and I don't really understand it fully. Um, I just had to work with Disney and also with, um, you know, the, the the owner, the owners of the rights of the, of the songs, just to kind of clarify what percentages were owned of the song. So I think I see you was owned by four different, you know, songwriters, something like that. Um, and this is me remembering this back from like months ago, because you have to get those um, assurances and, and yeses before I can start recording. And, and I apologize for not being a little bit more prepared and like having a definitive answer, but definitely the Vera L uh, Vera Lynn song, excuse me, Vera Ellen. Uh, whoops, wrong one. Uh, she, her song was, was, was one that I had to obtain differently. And that was similar to two brothers when I did two brothers for the first album, because that's an Irving Gordon, Irving Gordon song. It's not a Disney song. So that's its own thing as well too. But you know, I, I I'd rather I I I really I feel I thought it would classify and work because I, my 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 final um, selection process was it at least has to have been heard in the in the theme parks at least one of them um, and it doesn't need to be current but it would be great if it could be current and that was in the Tower of Terror it still plays in the Tower of Terror you can hear it in the background if you're waiting <laughs> in the long line <laughs> to get on the ride. Oh, I mean, I love it. It sets the 1930s mood perfectly. And um, yes, I, I I recognize that my, some of my questions were more about the the business aspects of of this, but it's actually quite an enlightening process to to get that uh, level of exposure to something that so many folks just don't think about. But it it's a I, it sounds like it is a very uh, time consuming and, and yes. uh, <laughs> that patient process. <laughs> but you know it, it's it's like what my goal is like you see the light at the end of the tunnel and you know you're going through a lot through this tunnel but you know the ending product is all that matters to me and and making it sound good so even if I'm because I'm doing this by myself I don't have a recording studio 
uh, um, company or, or, you know, I'm not, I don't belong to a company that, you know, supports artists or anything like that. It's just me. Um, and also with some, you know, team members who are creating the instrumentals and then also my producer, Hal, um, and we're just kind of, you know, working through and trying to find answers and asking questions and, and it's a process. It's, it's, it's definitely something I, I couldn't have done by myself. And I'm glad the people who worked on this album and helped and are featured on the album, they, they really all played a part in, in again, the puzzle piece to put it together. So now it's complete. So yeah, it, it, it can be a headache. <laughs> well, and you mentioned this being a team effort and anybody looking at this list of, of songs and performers realizes that, you know, you have a number of co-singers um, on these tracks and they, uh, it seems like many of them stem from folks you've interviewed on your show and developed relationships with. Can you talk about, uh, you know, the process of assembling them for this vision that you had in mind for this album? Yeah, I, it's so interesting because the first album, um, I wanted to do some collabs with individuals. I think the main one was with Ali Olmo, who was the original singer of Two Brothers in the American Adventure. And I had only known her for about maybe two years because I interviewed her and she's just so sweet. And I had asked her, I just said, hey, you know, it would be so great to cover this song again and and take it in a different direction. And there's a third uh, verse that was not used in the film. Uh, in the in the attraction and let's cover it and she was so she was all for it and what a wonderful like experience to do that with somebody we we didn't get to be in the recording studio together but the mix is just beautiful and so i wanted to do that again because i just know so many wonderfully talented people i've always wanted to work with them and perform with them and they're all over the place new york california overseas in france and it's so difficult because we probably won't see each other, you know, anytime soon in person, but we talk or text or email or message all the time and uh, stay in touch that way. And it's just like, okay, well here, here's an opportunity to be able to perform with them and also create something unique. And that's, you know, I think a lot of people say, well, how did you get these interviews or how did you do this? And, and sometimes the simple answer is you ask, you never know if you don't try. I've been told no so many times, but what, 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 you know, like, I don't know where I would be if I didn't take those leaps and those opportunities to just have asked and, and the, the yeses I've gotten, you know what I mean? It, it's been, it's been such a blessing. So, um, so, it, you know, this album, uh, Ali Omo uh, comes back to perform another Epcot song with me. And then this time we're joined by Sally Stevens, who sung Tomorrow's Child at Spaceship Earth. So uh, that was such a unique experience, three different voices um, and two of which I've grown up with all my life listening to. And, uh, and then, you know, you have the collaboration of, of a Serena who, um, who, who performs in France and he does all these wonderful musicals and, and I've been a fan of him, you know, for a long time now. And, and I just said to him, I do not want to butcher the French uh, language. <laughs> and uh, the Canada song, I think it would be interesting to change it where the female sings the lead English lyrics and the male sings the, the, uh, the French lyrics and, and he was all for it. So that was a great experience and giving it more of like a little country feel to the to the sound of that i just loved how that one turned out 
So each one is, is so unique and has such a wonderful person who is performing it. And I, I just, I was so thrilled to be able to hearing the final mixes, you know, like months before this was released was just a joy and, and, and really emotional, wonderful experience for me because we, it's been, it's been a whole year of just trying to get this together and, and it sounds really great. So I'm very proud of the album. Yeah, as you should be. And, you know, one of my favorite selections uh, from the album was the Main Street USA song, which so many of us remember from uh, the Disneyland Fun Sing Along Songs VHS tape. That's uh, right. <laughs> from early 90s and, and other contexts, too. I mean, what was it like for you to perform it with, you know, the original songwriter, Stu Nunnery? <laughs> oh, a joy, because... I just interviewed him really recently over the past couple of years and, and he has written beautiful, other beautiful material and songs. And if you get a chance to YouTube him, you can hear all of these other tunes that he's written. Um, and a lot of them are love ballads and, and they're just gorgeous. So this is like kind of the extreme opposite for him. But to have him sing it, you know, after years, it's still in the parks, you know, it still plays in the parks. And to have him sing it is just you know, it brings such a smile to my face. And, and then I get to have my theater friends from around my area come into the recording studio and record the vocals for the song. And uh, they record the the, cor- the the choir you hear in the background. So that's another wonderful, you know, joy to bring them in and have them get that experience because I don't think a lot of people get the chance to be in a true recording studio and or a recording booth and sing and be on an album. So um, we all had such a wonderful time getting to learn the song and, and perform it. And I think Stu, like he he knocks it out of the park. I wish we could film a music video of it. You know what I mean? Like I, I would love to do a music video of each of these songs. I already know visually what I would do with all of them, but that would, that would require Bob Iger to invest. <laughs> Maybe he'll back the next Indiegogo campaign. Oh, wouldn't it be grand? <laughs> well, oh, what I, I love, love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what I love about that track, I mean, they're they're all uh, entertaining. What I love about um, the Main Street USA one in particular is that there's such an effervescence to it. I mean, the song just has a, that catchy uh, melody, of course, but um, yeah. there's there's such brightness that comes through in, in your voice and. And, you know, for him to have an opportunity to contribute to it in a different way is, is kind of cool. We, we had, again, like just listening to it. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's a happy song. And I wanted to end the album with that song in particular, because my first album was called You'll Find Me on Main Street. And so to end this album, Glowing in Timeless Places with Main Street USA, I think really kind of just brings the circle right around and it was it was like the first time in years I tap danced, <laughs> and you that that's me you hear tapping on the track. <laughs> that was a fun that was a fun time. It was I was like sweaty by the end of that <laughs> session. I was like, oh wow, I haven't tapped in a while. I'm getting some exercise. So yeah, there there's there's so many layers of that song, and and gosh, yes, I would love I would loved if we could fly Stu in and just you know walk down Main Street and sing it. It would be such a joy. <laughs> yeah, that would be neat. You know, one of the one of the more curious selections from my vantage point at least is the 
um, sunny clip song from Cosmic Rays, um, The Bright Little Star. Um, what, what do you most enjoy about that one? Well, I have, I've known Cal David, who was the voice of Sunny Eclipse for over 10 years now. And, um, prior to his passing in, I think it was like September, like my, again, my, my dates all mushed together and it's just, it was so sudden. And, and, uh, prior to his passing, I, I wanted to do a Sunny Eclipse song. I wanted to do a medley of them. And, uh, they only have two of the songs from the 20 minute you know, arrangement play that plays in the parks. They only have two of them that have officially been released. So one was, um, I believe, uh, the Planetary Boogie song and one was Bright Little Star. And I'm always for a really lovely ballad. And I know George Wilkins who wrote the songs for Sunny Eclipse. And um, and also Cal, that was his favorite song of all the Sunny Eclipse songs. And I was just listening to it. This is, you know, prior to his passing and because uh, I was trying to decide which one I was going to do. And and uh, he's right. It's such it's such a, a touching song. Sonny doesn't make any jokes throughout the song like he does through all the other ones. Um, he really, truly means what he's saying with that song. And I think all of us can absolutely identify in that moment that, yeah, there, there's sometimes that we're going to be away from our loved ones and we're not going to be able to see them, but we know that wherever they are, they're also looking at the same star that we are and probably thinking, most likely thinking about us too. And I just thought it's just a beautiful, beautiful piece. And so that was another vocally challenging one because it's, it's, it's on the the vocals to to just to, to go through the song to describe the song and tell the story as opposed to you know hellfire where there's this major orchestration supporting you so um some of those songs that are more quieter are a little bit more difficult because you know your voice is the main attraction is the main you know high point but i i loved it and the album is dedicated to cal and it's also in the booklet of my album and, and um, I'm going to miss him a lot. You know what I mean? It, it's just amazing that his legacy will still continue to carry on through Sonny and, and through these songs and and nobody's really covered it before, which is kind of shocking to me. So it was a, it was a really a great joy to, to cover that beautiful piece. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that only two of the songs from the show have actually been officially released. I would have guessed that calling space angels would have been too. Oh yeah, I that one I remember as a kid. I just was obsessed with that one because I love the space angels, even though you couldn't see them. I love that one, and uh, you know it would it would have been really great. Um, but you know, YouTube's there, so maybe I'll put my medley on there someday, just like you know, just for fun. You know, nothing for official release, but yeah, I think Bright Little Star is um is a good selection because not everybody wants to hear something that's just very loud all the time. And I think it's a, it's a good piece. It's, it's something you could also play for your kids. And um, it reminds me a little bit of the song from uh, an American tale somewhere out there because they're singing to the star. So I, I thought about that too, which is, mm. uh, it's been a while since I've seen that one, but um, mm. it reminds me of that one too, visually. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a nice sentiment. And, and you have an original song in here too, cinematic. So tell, tell, us about how that came to fruition because that obviously is diversion from the others and that's a it's a tammy song 
Yeah, it's it's one I wrote. Um, I write a lot of songs and I don't like posting them or recording them or anything. My last one I wrote was from 2015 that I had officially released. So I thought I'd really pressure myself for a good challenge of writing a song. And um, one of my favorite Disney attractions is uh, this film called Cinemagique that played at Disneyland Paris about a guy who gets sucked into the movies and has to go through all these classic movies we know, finds true love and has to get out of the movies. So I, I kind of pay tribute to the, 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 the film, but with a different story. And, and I worked with my friend, Charlie Demetz, who's a brilliant piano player. And we kind of just sat for two hours on a sunny August day and, just kind of, I had an idea of what I wanted because I can't play music. Um, I can hear it in my head. <laughs> and I just said, this is what I'm hearing. And then he kind of plunked it out and we just worked together and I had some lyrics already written. And then from there, I kind of fleshed out the lyrics, even leading up to going in to record the album. I was so nervous because I don't, like I always am for perfection. And I was literally changing some of the lyrics like right before walking into the booth. <laughs> And uh, once you walk into the booth and you sing it, you're done. So I was really nervous, but I've been getting a lot of wonderful feedback on it. And I, I just am so happy because I, I, I thought a lot of people might think this is more of a, a, a stranger piece that I would write and not like it. But a lot of people have been have been tuning in, which is great. It's I'm so glad they're enjoying it. Well, it's also cool because it's a kind of a nice tribute to an extinct international attraction. So it kind of expands the bounds of uh, the boundaries of of what this uh, would have represented otherwise. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And 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 I I think and, and that was another challenge. It's like, do you want to do everything from Walt Disney World theme park? Because that's where you grew up, because there are wonderful pieces that are just featured at Disneyland and and um hong kong and and shanghai and disneyland paris so that was difficult too because i did have some other songs from the other theme parks on the list um and they just did not make the cut because i felt like i didn't i i don't know i, I i'd have to go back and look at that list it's been a while <laughs> but i have you know i had a backup list just in case some of the other tracks you know you have an a list a b list and a c list and we had to go with the B list in the end of of songs that we wanted to do for the album. So I have to go back, and it's again, it's been a while because I've been so focused on the songs I've been singing. They've been like running around in my head. <laughs> they don't leave me. <laughs> it's a shame that we didn't get to hear you perform one of the Meters Junkyard Jamboree songs, right? <laughs> that would be exclusive to Disneyland. Oh. Oh man, that would have been fun. I I love that part of the Disney's California Adventure. Like I'm not a fan of like huge fan of cars. I just think that that park is so brilliant. If only they could do that for every single Disney film. You know what I mean? I I would be out of my mind excited. But that yeah, those those songs you hear are just so thrilling and I probably would have not done that. I probably would have gone to Bugs Life Land and covered a Bugs Life song instead. <laughs> Because I love Bugs Life so much, but now it's not there. 
Oh, at least I got to ride Heimlich's choo-choo train. So I can say that I did that. <laughs> and we got to got to smell the the candy corn and yes, oh, and the watermelon. Is... So yeah. oh, now you're throwing it back for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm jealous. Like I think on the Pixar headquarters they have one of the Heimlich trains. They uh, do. From... They yeah. do have it. It's there. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Tammy, what are you hoping listeners get out of uh, purchasing, listening to your album? What 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 do you want your, your central takeaway to be for them? Well, I I hope that they would consider getting the actual physical CD. I think a lot of people that was the most asked question about the first album is where is the physical CD? And I think physical media, you know, even with all the stuff happening with the writer's strike uh, because of streaming. It's just so interesting to see how all of this is playing out, but I don't know about you, but I think physical media is something that is so important. Like I, I grew up with my CDs and my cassettes. I grew up with the books about Disney animation that my dad used to collect and, and I would open them and I'd look through each page. I just, I I was so excited to see what was on the next page and physically hold this tangible item in my hands. So that's why I made the CD and I, I think we can all agree that we love the Disney theme parks. If you're a big theme park fan of the Disney theme parks, you you've gotten all the, the of the theme park albums, right? And Disney never made one for the 50th anniversary. Maybe it was because of COVID, whatever reason, they never made something with remastered tracks, which is such a shame because, you know, we would have eaten that up. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I I I would have loved that. So I think that this album is is absolutely for anybody who loves the Disney theme parks, any of them in general, but also for those who, who um, have a, a reverence to some of the underrated Disney attractions or, or things that have never been covered before. Because as I've said to so many other people, you have all these celebrities and they do, you know, different custom albums. They do a jazz album. They do a Broadway album. They do a Disney album and they all have the same 10 songs that we've heard so many times. And for me, I want to do something where it's not the same 10 songs, maybe one or two that maybe you might know, but I, I want to do something that will take us on a journey and take you on a, on a, you know, on a, on an adventure, you know what I mean? Because we, we just need a, a great pick me up after all of these years, <laughs> uh, all of these fun years. Um, and I, I really, I really wanted to kind of get that across and, and, and just have people enjoy the theme park music a little bit more, especially ones that maybe you haven't heard in a long time and, and hear maybe hear them in a different way, because I, I can tell you for me personally, I'll, I'll say the one song in the album, I, I was, I was like, I don't really, I'm not like the biggest fan of the song was probably I see you from Avatar because I'm not a fan of Avatar either, but going over it over and over again, you, you, you start to hear things that you didn't hear before on the original track. And then what you, what James had created for the instrumental and, and then you're hearing yourself sing the songs. And sometimes, you know, you know, the music takes over and you just start singing and riffing. And then when you play it back, you go, oh my gosh, okay, so I could musically do something different with this song and 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 the story of it. And and those are the moments where it's like now I have a different appreciation for the song. Whereas I, I wasn't a big fan of it originally. Now I'm 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 really a big fan of the song itself. So 
um, and and how it was created. So it, again, it's 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 one of those things where it, you you kind of have to go through the experiences of 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 putting something like this together to really sometimes for me at least to really appreciate you know making the product. But I hope that others who grew up with the same music that I did um, and maybe grew up with some of these songs too also appreciate what I kind of did to change it. You know, it's all done with love. Yeah, no, and that comes through. And and I, I for one, appreciate that, um, that you didn't just select the, the most standard songs because it does, as you're saying, it provides a sense of variety and uh, complements what you might find on, on some other albums. I also agree that the lack of physical media re- regarding um, Disney theme park music these days is kind of a disappointment. And hopefully there's avenues for that for that moving forward um oh i hope so i think that that's so key like i'll tell you the one that really uh, that still sticks in my mind and i sing it like now um that's pretty brand new is uh nothing can stop us now i don't know how from the new mickey's and minnie's runaway railway and 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 like that is, and and that is so fun. Like we want, I think we, we crave more of that. You know what I mean? It, we, it, it, and it, and it's such a great, <laughs> it's such a great pick me up. So uh, I hope maybe we'll get more of that from the theme parks. It would be real. What a joy. And I, I would love for Disney records to really go into the deep archives and, and pull out some of these tunes and officially, officially release them. So then I can finally cover them. <laughs> <laughs> oh for sure well yeah and christopher and elise willis kind of knocked it out of the park with nothing can stop us now so uh we, we yeah. just need more original music and you know maybe that's an opportunity for what tiana's bio adventure maybe could we get a new randy newman piece that would be pretty Ooh, sweet yes Mr. put randy in the universe <laughs> i would love that oh can you imagine I mean, he hasn't done anything for for Disney in, in quite a while now. So it's like, okay, that would be a nice well, opportunity. I think Pixar should do a Bugs Life 2. And then Randy will definitely come out from retirement or from wherever he is and go, here's another Bugs song for you. <laughs> Hopefully it's just not the time of your afterlife or something like that. Because that <laughs> that would be the sequel to, the, to that, that song. That would be right? a circus song. It'd probably be a circus song. Mm. with the uh, you know francis the ladybug yeah. <laughs> BT francis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah i yeah i do agree even though bugs land or bugs life got its own land it doesn't it is forgotten now in many ways in the in the pixar pantheon which is a shame but i mean folks like you and me we grew up on that and and it was a fantastic film so yeah it doesn't get the love it deserves so um again another one i wish i had been able to put a good reunion together for it but i guess i didn't i didn't i didn't hit the quota on that one but maybe in another uh four years when it's the 30th anniversary <laughs> yeah that yeah that's right we're hitting 25 years wow i know I, does that make you feel old it sure makes me feel old oh don't get me started <laughs> well speaking of age but maybe not our age is that <laughs> disney is commemorating 100 years this year uh, to switch gears 100 years of wonder as they're calling it and you had the opportunity to go to the disney 100 exhibition in philadelphia at the franklin mm-hmm. institute 
Uh, I'm going to be heading out there, uh, hopefully, if everything works out in just about a month and a half. Uh, <gasps> Yay! We, can we meet for lunch? Because I, I got to take you for lunch. I owe you lunch. <laughs> oh, hey, I, I would I would welcome that. Um, I'll give you the grand tour, the American Adventure Tour, as, as they call it. I know Brian Miles from Retro WDW, he does that for his friends because they're like, oh, look, we Philly has a lot of historic stuff that you see in Hall presidents and the American adventure. So we can give you the grand tour and, and treat you to some lunch too, before we get over to that exhibit. It would be really fun. To I, I, meet you. <laughs> I would welcome that. Yeah. I'll follow up with you. Um, uh, <laughs> in any case, the exhibit is, uh, it's huge, right? This is, this is a huge, not only anniversary for Disney, but I think it's further cementing the Disney archives and, and, and it's related entities in museum spaces, right? We've seen it over recent years, Disney having an increased presence in museums, the treasures of the Disney archives, and then there was the um, the heroes and villains, the costumes exhibition, which toured around different places. Disney's leaning yeah. into this. So I'm curious in terms of what your take was out of being there when, you know, with its grand opening and, and, and meeting many of the folks associated with the archives and other Disney folks, what I know that's a general question, but you had a, yeah. a unique opportunity there. What What are your reflections now that a few months have passed? I think it's so interesting when you say that because I remember the first true Disney exhibit I saw was One Man's Dream at uh, Disney's MGM Studios when that opened back up in 2001, and that was celebrating Walt's 100th birthday. So, um, and that had many wonderful um, treasures. It had his office in there for a long time as well too and and uh, reproductions of things and and true items and costumes and things like that so i remember that as a kid and it, it's just so wonderful to see an exhibit that that's almost is pretty similar to that at in my hometown so it was it was a joy to be there for the big press day i was very honored to be asked to be there got to sit with bob kerr in front of me and get to see Don Hahn and meet Becky Klein and get to talk to her because she she she's kind of running the archives now after Dave Smith has passed away. And um, and she was so sweet, just a wonderful person to get to finally meet, you know, and I've always wanted to go to the Disney archives because you see those documentaries and on the DVDs, the bonus features and all everything would come from the archives. So to have the archives brought here to us is such a joy. And um, so I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, if you saw my little news segment, I was on the news. My favorite thing was the Snow White book, because I remember it, it's just a key moment in, in just Disney animation that I loved watching that film and then seeing the actual book from the film there from the opening and closing was just amazing. And the Sleeping Beauty one is, is huge and just as gorgeous with the diamonds and stones. And, um, it's funny because they have a like a, they have a shop at the very end and at Disney World they're selling um copies of the books of Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty and Snow White and Enchanted and they're not selling them there. I wish they would have, you know what I mean? I bought my Snow White one. I was going to get it. I forgot to get the Sleeping Beauty one. Uh but they're beautiful. They're like literal reproductions of them and you can write in them, which was so cool. So anyway, um but those were probably some of the highlights for me because I just, uh, it, it's just part of that legacy. And so it, it was really great to see it. I think my only, you know, 
my only uh, my only disappointment was um, the the music section um, did you know have like maybe like fifteen songs featured. But again, like for me, I feel like if you're celebrating Disney's 100 years, maybe you should have like a big album of 100 songs, you know what I mean? And mix it up and then also have that come into play with the tunes that you have, Um, because I don't think that their library that they had on display was enough. It was like 15 songs. And I'm like, I think you could do more. Even a jukebox holds more songs. So, um, (laughs) so uh I think that was my only thing where I, I would really like to see a little bit more of. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and if you're in Philadelphia you or you can come visit us, absolutely. The Franklin Institute is also such an establishment. You know, National Treasure was filmed there. Now the um, Albert Elementary was just filmed there, too. And so it, it's 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 a beautiful arc building that the architecture the architecture is just amazing and I've been going there since I was like four <laughs> so I'm 27 now and 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 still going back it was great to go back and 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 uh and see the exhibit there finally we got a Disney exhibit finally after all these years so definitely in my top five exhibits being there at the Franklin Institute for sure. So I can't wait for you to to see it. I can't wait to hear what you think about it too. Yeah, no, I'm pretty eager. And we know that it's going to be a touring exhibition over the next few years. And yep. currently it's um there's an exhibition going on in Europe. Um yes. how much time yeah, how much time did you end up spending in the exhibit? Well, I I had a limited amount of time as press because then the public was a little going to be let in and that was going to be um scary so um because <laughs> you're like i'm not gonna get run over um so i kind of uh, i i probably had maybe about 45 minutes of going through the exhibit i'm going back because it's like in my neighborhood um but i had a good amount of time um but pretty much i, I when i got to the end it, it was just um like i i wanted to stay a little bit more but it, it was you know i don't like being it's a little bit claustrophobic for me to be in rooms with people when there's so many people. So I tried to move a little bit forward a little bit faster because I know I'll be able to come back. So I would definitely give it probably if you're if you're thinking of timing wise, I'd give it an hour and a half um, to get through the entire exhibit to enjoy it and see everything that you want to see. Um, and make sure you bring some extra cash um, to buy some t- a T-shirt to represent, uh, celebrate the exhibit. Because I bought my T-shirt and they have some books and toys as well, too. I- I'm so glad they have a gift shop at the end because I think that that's a great. Another, it's you get to take the exhibit a little bit of it home with you. So that's what I did. Yeah, I was going to ask you what the, how the merch was. Um, last year, the, the Met in New York had... Um, had a Disney exhibition based on um, Disney's uh, Disney animation and other entities drawing on like uh, French artistry um, in terms of with the parks and and the films. Um, And there's some nice souvenirs there. Souvenirs often though cost as much, if not more than in the park. (laughs) So. Yeah. Oh, wow. I I didn't even know that. So I think it's it's key to have some type of merch at the end of something. I, I think so. So that's why now I get to like carry around my CDs in my car. <laughs> Hello, would you like one? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't want them getting hurt by the, the sunburnt. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think it's 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 a great way to to commemorate the exhibit is to have like these t-shirts and these hats and these and a book and also um 
mugs and that and that type of thing. So they do have a lot. I just uh, again, I wish they had a, a musical aspect of a physical album. But again, a lot of people are like, well, physical media is not what people want. They just want to stream it. Da, 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 da. But I don't know. I I just I wish they would they would still consider it um, because I, I I would love a DVD copy of like you know a thousand CDs, <laughs> a thousand more CDs of Disney music we've never heard before. It would be brilliant because now they're doing records. Did you see that? They Disney Disney uh, uh the they're they're releasing physical big records of like the Haunted Mansion and and Journey through inter inner space and and I'm like what they're doing records like oh this is so cool you know it's great I'm just like bring back some CDs maybe please <laughs> yeah well, you know skip a few generations to CDs and I mean occasionally yes. <laughs> like they'll do audio cassettes right they did that for the Guardians films so um there there's some experimentation going on but yeah I agree more CDs is, is never a bad thing so. yeah absolutely you got that right <laughs> well maybe to wrap it up and focus on your album uh how can listeners go ahead and purchase the album so if you want to purchase a physical copy or if you'd like to stream it or buy it on iTunes, Amazon, you could head to my website at tammytucky.com slash order. And you can, there's actually like a little cute little jukebox player. So you can listen to some of the songs ahead of time. Um, but if you'd like to get a CD, um, it comes with a booklet that we created that has some of uh, the photos of my personal Disney trips with my family that are relevant to the songs you're about to hear. And also it pays tribute to all of the individuals who donated to the Indiegogo campaign their names are also in the booklet which is pretty cool um so that what just finally getting the cd in my hand and looking at it looking at it i was like oh it's brilliant brilliant it was it was so beautiful to see it in my hand i was like oh wow what 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 a moment (laughs) hammy was it yzma who influenced that brilliant brilliant i tell you brilliant brilliant i tell you (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> and what's new and next for you i imagine this was obviously a huge accomplishment what's what's on the horizon for you in terms of uh, disney or non-disney related um even oh. even with your podcast etc yeah i i am just finishing up spam a lot right now um and uh i'm i'm just kind of promoting the album for the next two months and its release and i really don't have anything truly new on the horizon i'm going to get back into my podcast i've kind of taken a break since november because this album has pulled me 5000 different directions so i have a really a lot of great interviews lined up for this summer and they're not just all disney um but uh, if you want to keep tabs on what i'm up to and my announcements you can follow me on instagram and twitter at tammy tucky or also like my facebook page at facebook.com slash singer Tammy Tucky. And you can head to my website, TammyTucky.com. Or if you'd like to tune into the live interviews I do, they're probably going to start at the end of May on Friday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's uh, youtube.com slash Tammy Tucky. Tammy, it's always a pleasure. Um, I mean, many congrats to you on the release of your album. Again, it's glowing in timeless places and it's just a, it's a, it's a nice bright spot. Um, you could say it's a bright little star. Um, and uh, gl- glad you're able to to shed some light on on some of these perhaps forgotten Disney songs and put your own spin on them and collaborate with others. I know this was a huge venture for you, so I'm, I'm glad you're in the space to to spread the news and 
um, seize the day as, as it were. So congratulations. Yeah, that means a lot coming from you because I know you're a big music buff. So I, I, I'm, I'm really happy that you like it too. So thank, and thank you very much for having me back on the show and originally having me to, to promote it. It means a lot to me. So thank you. Thank you so much for being an awesome host. I love listening to your podcast too, by the way. <laughs> My pleasure. So we'll just have to make uh, Mater's Junkyard Jamboree as the centerpiece of your third album, apparently. So we'll just... I, I'm putting it on the list right now. I'm writing it down, Brett. I actually don't have a strong affinity toward it, but it would be a unique Disney California adventure song unless you <laughs> want to go back to the early days of 2001 and some of the oh golden the the golden the, the, dreams. The, yes. Yes. Oh my I gosh. know that one. That's... That was, that was, I was a contender. It was a contender. And it, it, again, really, really hard because nobody really knows that one. And oh, I, I, it, it's, it's on my list. You know what I mean? There's so many other Disney, um, you know, songs that I've never heard of that are from the theme parks. I'm sure that I need to still investigate because if I am to make a third one, we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? But I, that one's a good one too. If you've never heard of it for the audience, Golden Dreams, I think Heather Headley sings it from the, mm-hmm. the Lion King. She was the original Nala on Broadway. So it's a brilliant song. She, again, it's perfection. So I don't know if I could really touch it. <laughs> Just one dream. Hey, I've put, I mean, uh, who is it? Oh, that's Aaron... right. Just one dream. Yeah. But it, it comes from the film golden dreams, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's and what's confusing is because you have golden dream, the song and the American adventure. So it's like, Ex- eh. exactly. You can exactly. only use dreams so many times in the Disney <laughs> pantheon you can name a ship. You can name a fireworks show. <laughs> you can name a campaign. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I love Heather Headley. Um, I think, I think on a prior episode of the podcast, when Aaron Wallace and I were talking about, uh, folks who should be Disney legends who are singers, I'm like, where's Heather? She needs to be named one. Oh, Aida. Oh my gosh. If you haven't seen, uh, Seth Rudetsky did a great reunion with the cast, the original cast of Aida and, uh, and she was on it and gosh, it's, it's just brilliant to see them all together again and then see clips of them performing in that musical. I wish I'd gotten to see it. You know what I mean? It just really, really great. If you get a chance, you should totally watch the whole interview. Great stories they have. Yeah, that's good to know. He was assembling some good ones, uh, in the early days of the pandemic. So it's nice to know that. I know that I was, was watching the them. They were keeping me happy. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was totally up for, I think they had a Frasier reunion. So that was yes! high oh on my, my list. God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no overlap really between Frasier and, and Disney, except you have some of the actors do, you know, perform characters for, um disney films right like all of them actually so yes yeah um yeah <laughs> that's a that's a tangent and bug's life connection with david i pierce so there i you know go. david oh i love him he's so brilliant and he's in treasure planet oh my gosh we could go on <laughs> yes and uh, unlike some of the nighttime shows what we go on that's another we go on we see go everything on, Brett. it's a it's just a cyclical loop it's with a all circle these... of life oh my gosh Uh-oh. indeed Tammy, thank you so much again for being on. Pleasure. Thank you. And many thanks go out again to Tammy Tucky for joining me on Notably Disney. It's always a fun conversation, uh, very effervescent and playful and informative, too. Uh, I enjoyed learning about the process of developing an album. Uh, Again, it is called Glowing in Timeless Places and you can be sure to check it out wherever you get your music and visit 
Tammy's website for more information on how to purchase a copy of the album. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of Notably Disney. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Follow me on Twitter at bnachmanreports. That's B-N-A-C-H-M-A-N reports. And be among the first to find out about the release of new episodes. I also encourage you to send me an email to notablydisney at gmail.com regarding your thoughts of the show, as well as suggestions for content. So until we turn the page on another chapter, I'm Brett, and thanks for listening to Notably Disney. Notably Disney is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or any of its subsidiaries. Consequently, the perspectives and opinions expressed by the host and guests are strictly theirs and do not represent the views of the Walt Disney Company and its employees. The main purpose of the Notably Disney podcast is to offer information and critiques about the Walt Disney Company.